0: And your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with another very exciting episode for the Health Heroes Show. Today in the house, we've got Dr. Joel Kahn. He's the holistic cardiologist. Graduated first in his class in Michigan State. Pretty impressive.
1: Hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> University <laughs> of Michigan. Oh, sorry. sorry. And, and, and when you live in Michigan, that's like <laughs> – the only thing you can say worse is they graduate first at Ohio State, but no, it was University of Michigan, maize and blue. All
0: right, we better write that down. University.
1: The only thing better than maize and blue is your green 85, but we'll get to that later.
0: Yeah, we will. So what I like about uh, what about uh, Dr. Kahn here is that this guy's at the top of his game in getting people results in their life, tangible results, so they can have a good life, and in his own health, he's a healthy guy. How old are you?
1: Sixty-one.
0: Sixty-one, and you'd think he's like forty-two. So, hey, Dr. Khan, thanks for coming on
1: today. Yeah, check it out, buddy.
0: Yeah, uh, no
1: problem. He's very, flexing.
0: he's flexing. He just, he, he we're so alike because I do that all the time.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Very energetic, sixty-one-year-old. I mean, that's by no means old, but I'm doing better than my peers, and it's not accidental.
0: Not accidental, not at all, and we're going to be talking about the, that today, so why don't we just jump into it? Why don't you tell us your backstory on your health personal health journey and and kind of how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, and uh, you know you are an authentic health hero. Um, I have a journey, but with like three points worth mentioning, but it wasn't out of personal health crisis um, and those three points were very quickly. I grew up in suburban Detroit. I had a little noise that the doctor heard when I was born. They called a murmur. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing pediatric cardiologists. I'm fine. Nothing ever happened. But I got really interested in cardiology when I was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. Cool machines, cool noises. You would have asked me at age 10, I would have said, I'm going to be a cardiologist. Just a, a, a fluke of life. Um, I grew up in a home where we kept dietary laws called kosher, didn't eat milk and meat, didn't eat pork. Um, It wasn't a big deal, but it's what I was surrounded by. And when I attended the University of Michigan, age 18, I could tell in the first week, the only way I'm going to make it through here, if I want to honor that tradition of my parents and grandparents, was the gigantic salad bar in my dorm. Everything else was off the menu or just looked awful. I had a cute little girlfriend with me. She did the same thing for the same reason. We've been married 39 years last week. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. And within about a week, we said, why do we feel so good? Why is your stomach settled and I sleep better? And you know, I entered a medical school advanced program. She was in nursing school. And we never changed. So 1977 was the last time we ate animal products. It's been 43 years. Total serendipity. So here I am going through my cardiology training. I'm in Dallas where you can't find a vegetable for love or money. The only thing you can find is okra in the 1980s. I'm in Kansas City where I'm training in cardiology, state capital of America. But we did it. We made it all the way through. But it wasn't anything I ever mentioned to anybody. I never mentioned it to my patients. So now I'm a plant-based. I'm a cardiologist. I started practice in 1990. This is the third and final piece. Long time ago. Uh, Back in Michigan. I finished my training, came back. And three weeks after I started, July 1, 1990, my first day, my first job. I'm like a crazy wild cardiologist. July 21, 1990, Dr. Dean Ornish publishes a paper called The Lifestyle Heart Trial." Boys and girls, if you eat plant-based, meditate, and don't smoke, you can reverse bad blockage within a relatively short time. Best science in the world to show it. I didn't know who Dr. Ornish was. I had never heard any of this because I didn't ask questions. Do you think my plant-based diet is going to work in the 1980s where I was training? That would have been a laughable question. But it's like, kaboom. It's like I had three paths going on, and now I knew from July 21, 1990 on, I need to teach my patients. That this is a reversible disease or preventable disease. I kept on my stent in my right hand and my sprouts in my left hand. So it's been a very interesting career for a long time in Detroit. I was one of the very few medical professionals that was plant based. Would speak at veg fest. Would give you know lectures. And fortunately, now that number has grown significantly. We have a huge active plant group in detroit that's being uh, copied all over united states because community is really good but i did this you know our little family would go to the local grocery store and you know you just didn't find what's available nowadays but so if i'm a hero it's only because i persisted i mean i literally haven't had a burger since uh who was it jimmy carter was president maybe i mean it's a long yeah. time ago
0: and you're still alive and you look better than all your, your buddies. That, checking, that...
1: checking, and checking my protein deficiency right now. Uh, it's it's pretty good. you know, It turns out the science has transformed that low protein and plant protein are a better choice for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so if our diet is a bit lower in protein than a chicken, steak, tilapia, fish diet, actually the science has suggested that actually slows aging and reduces disease risk. So one of the hidden benefits of a whole food plant diet, even if you're pounding down chickpeas and lentils and, you know, uh, sprouts, which can be very high, microalgae, chlorella, you're still eating the best source of protein, which is plant protein. And there's yeah. a lot of, lot of serious science backs that up.
0: Yeah. And Well, you and I were just chatting about Dr. Brian Clement. I remember when I attended the Hippocrates Health Institute, he said the closer your food is to the sun – the more more nutrition and the healthier you're going to be.
1: I buy it. I buy it.
0: Yeah, and he's basically talking it. the leaf of a plant. He was talking about photosynthesis. You know, why photosynthesis. do
1: you possibly need to get your protein from chicken to be big in the gym when the chicken's eating grains and the cow's eating grasses? I mean, it's all plant. The amino acids are in plants. They're filtered through a cow. We just don't need to do that for many, many reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just interviewed uh, Dr. Will Tuttle and um, yeah. with World Peace Diet, and he's such a cool, gentle soul. But yeah. he he broke down the, the whole thing about the amino acids. They're 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 all in plants. Yeah, it's, it's just a, yeah. It's just a myth to sell people um, more right. meat and more like whey proteins and stuff like that.
1: And I'll just just I know you know we're scattered in our thoughts. There's a specific amino acid, and maybe people know it, methionine. Mm methionine is in a range of natural foods from plants and animal foods but it's much more concentrated in meats and chickens and pork and poultry and there is a very serious uh, science body data that if you want to slow aging and avoid disease you actually would pick a low methionine diet well that's another reason plant-based diets get a check on you know, preferred a little consumer report circle is that if you look at the methionine content of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes it 's much lower than chicken fish, red meat, and poultry and you know it 's a little science-y, but it's very strong science so well I think
0: b- we just got a new a title for your newest book that you haven't even written yet the methatin diet
1: <laughs> the methionin uh, protocol <laughs> it sounds like Methuselah, and there is a little uh, you know, maybe serendipity or not that they both start now crystal meth starts with the same four letters. I don't advise crystal meth to anybody.
0: Yeah. You, and you can put that down below. It's uh, subtitled. Not, Dr. Not, Khan not, does not, not <laughs>
1: endorse crystal meth. Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's it. I guarantee you that's going to be a number one. Uh, that's going to be your bestseller yet.
1: Thank you. That's awesome.
0: So you mentioned um, starting a community. Were you talking about a community of doctors, or were you talking about – I know you, you founded, like, the largest plant-based nutrition support group in the United States, PBNSG. Why did you do that?
1: Yeah, well, that is a great – and I'll make it a quick story, but um, I take no credit. But about six and a half years ago, my cell phone rang, and a gentleman said, my name is Paul Chatlin. I live in Detroit. You don't know me. I'm a heart patient, and you're not my heart doctor yet. But I was supposed to have bypass surgery at age 55 last year. This would be 2013. I was sitting in the Cleveland Clinic. He drove down from Detroit to Cleveland to get the best bypass operation you can get. And right before I went to the operating room, somebody mentioned to me that there was a program for disease reversal led by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. Would I ever be interested in learning about how you reverse disease without surgery? I mean, you know, a few people are so bright or so alive. Paul said, are you joking me? I mean, they're cracking my chest in a few hours. Oh, you're talking, teach me something I can do at home. He checked out of the hospital. He became, you know, one of the most loyal protégés of Dr. Esselstyn's program. And within six months, all symptoms gone, cholesterol down, weight down, blood pressure down. You know, had was on his way to becoming a completely new person. Totally. And when he called me, all he said was, I know you have, you know, your hand in the plant-based world. Can we make a support group so that uh, 10 other people like me don't feel like they're the left-out oddest duck in the town? You know, Thanksgiving, holidays, at work, spouses. We put a little word out we were going to take a hospital conference room and have 20 people, and I was going to give a little talk, and 135 people showed up. I mean, it was crazy. That room only held 80. It was, like, crazy. The hospital wasn't happy. They said, you can have one more shot at it, but we heard you were talking about treating disease with diet, not with surgery. That's not good for our bottom line. So they gave us the room the next month. 155 people showed up. We were just flowing out the hall, and uh, they told us, don't come anymore. We don't like what you're talking about. It's not supporting our stent and our bypass program. So we ended up moving it to a high school auditorium with no funds, and that grew to plant-based nutrition support group. Total grassroots, one crazy patient, one relatively crazy doctor that believed. And they're just like, we're people everywhere that were looking for education. So when we had things called physical meetings, Rip Esselstyn would be on stage with 700 people, Dr. Esselstyn, Neil Barnard, Rich Roll, Juliana Hever, um, you know, bring you over and tell your story, which is pretty remarkable, really. We haven't had Brian Clements. We should, but we just haven't yet. Um and anyway, it just it became so important in people's lives to have community, you know, to have people in the room that had avoided surgery, reduced their medications, lost massive amounts of weight, you know, and uh, a lot of believers in the audience. And
0: probably a lot of people uh, getting off of statins too.
1: Yeah, you know, everybody should do these things under medical supervision. I'm not a radical, but uh, just the power of community. There's a, I think it's an African saying. If you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far, walk with somebody else. And just some other people. So we have instant pot cooking classes and holiday classes. Everything's online now. Anybody can you know, take a look at pbnsg.org. Really, really great phenomenon. Other cities are adopting you know, this grassroots approach.
0: How many members do you have now?
1: Yeah, there's over 7,000. And wow. you know, cool. physical meetings, we'd have hundreds Uh, I know you go
0: no have you are you still doing the physical meetings
1: Uh, we've had a stop for the meantime and you know like everybody transferred but you know I don't think it's lost too much of its power uh, doing a men's health night online anybody can join in uh, a men's health discussion Paul Chatlin and myself so uh, it is June is men's health month you know we should care about health Twelve months a year, but uh, we have to designate these months to capture people's attention.
0: Well, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be happy to come on. I've got lots of really cool stories of uh, uh, clients and stuff that we've, um, you know, shared the message with and helped themselves with heart disease and erectile dysfunction, and all kinds of cool stuff related to blood flow. So that's the ticket. That would be fun. So, well, why don't we just switch gears here and then I, I really want to just focus on this heart disease, you know, heart disease is the number one killer in the United States behind death by doctor, depending on what numbers you're using. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so why, why do you think the majority of people are still kind of going along with the government food recommendations and Western medicine as the only answer? Cause it's just not working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not an angry person, but there's a lot of, um, Huge deficits in the medical system. Um, number one, yeah, everybody's crazy. Doctors are busy, although there was a slowdown during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there, there isn't anybody leading the charge. We need to reform the medical system to put prevention, early detection as you know the holy grail. and it should be disappointing if every anybody ever needs medication surgery or advanced procedures. You know, the whole economic system is tilted the other way, um, and you would literally implode hospitals and health centers if you actually implemented what is the proper science. There's no radical talk. The data is clear that preventive medicine uh, works for even the most serious of diseases in in my field, in cardiology. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So, um, you know, doctors are not hearing at grand rounds. Doctors are not getting brochures from nice little men and women called pharmaceutical reps, smart people, uh, that bring lunch. They're not getting giant salads and, you know, a PCRM guide to better eating at lunchtime. They're getting pharmaceutical details or surgical details. So you can go through your career and never hear anything that you present to your audience or I present to my audience all the time. We think it's just like, so obvious. It's right. it's a foreign language in most dental and nursing and uh, chiropractic and osteopathic and MD practices, sadly. I mean, the young trainees are hearing more about it. They know what the Game Changers movie is. Maybe they know what Forks Over Knives is. But, you know, your 45, 55, 65, 75-year-old primary care doc, um, the enlightened ones know what's going on. But a lot of them have just not been deluged with it. Um secondly is the reimbursement. So one is the education problem, secondly is a reimbursement issue. Um and third, there's a lot of unhealthy doctors, and you know, they're not really great mentors to patients. And you know, I think the most frustrating thing is when they discourage patients. You know, you need to add back your endocrinologist, you need to add back beef for you know your proper glandular function. You um, you know, you find these kind of comments all the time, and it discourages patients. Which is why this community, whether it's online or physical, is so important um, to let their questions be asked and let their, uh, you know, their uncertainties be aired. Um, but it's it's you got to flip the whole thing around. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I all, I give a lecture all the time: the history of using diet in heart disease, the diet heart go back to the 1950s, 1960s, then we get to, you know, Doc, Mr. Pritikin, and then Dr. Ornish, Dr. Esselstyn, uh, Joel Furman and Dr. McDougall, the whole thing. Um, it's all wonderful stuff. But you can easily say, oh, Ornish had 48 patients in his study, and Dr. Esselstyn's first study had less than 30, although he updated it in 2014 to closer to 200. And in reality, the Pritikin diet, which is plant diet, and the Ornish diet similarly have now thousands of patient points. Um, The largest, most expensive cardiology research study ever done was published in April 2020, and your listeners don't know about it. It's called the ischemia study. That's a fancy Latin word, I-S-C-H-E-M-I-A, that means lack of blood flow. So when you have erectile dysfunction, that's ischemia to your groin. When you've had a heart attack, that's ischemia to your heart, and a stroke is ischemia to your brain. The structure of this massive study, cost $100 million, was that 5,000 people with really bad heart disease, really bad chest pain, really bad stress tests, that normally would have been rushed for a catheterization, stent, or bypass. There were some very courageous doctors and patients. Half of them didn't do that. Half of them went on medication, We're told to eat a low saturated fat diet. Well, that's usually low cheese, low meat, low eggs, low croissants, to walk every day. A little bit like the Ornish lifestyle program, not as aggressive, because nobody's gonna do it. Well, if you don't tell anybody it works, they're not gonna do it. The other half got their stent, got their bypass. This was announced in November and published in April. At the end of three and a half years, if you look at the two curves for who was alive, absolutely identical. There was no advantage to rushing to bypass or stent versus moving more, eating better, and taking medication when needed. And if you looked at everything else, risk of heart attack, risk of hospitalization, there was no difference. That was announced in November and published in April. If we really had a active dynamic medical system, insurance system that cared, you should be seeing a shutdown of at least 50% of the people getting these procedures. Well, you're not, because doctors see data like that, it gets lost, it gets diluted. You know, The right thing to do would be everybody who's been recommended to have stents or bypass has to have a second opinion by somebody who doesn't have skin in the game financially, who knows the power of lifestyle and plant medicine. But there's so few, um, you're not gonna see it happen. I'm hoping that maybe like an insurance company like Kaiser Permanente that does endorse plant-based diets might actually implement this kind of second opinion. You know, just like Paul Chatland, before you go to bypass, you need to meet with somebody that can talk to you about lifestyle. Only in that way will we see you know the right thing being done routinely. But I want your listeners to know, it's like serious, big, high quality science. There's no retraction. This is the real deal. and um, it should transform medicine to more plant-based eaters. These are the end-stage patients on the verge of bypass. You know, God knows, do it early in life and never end up in that situation.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that's some great information. And I know a lot of people, because I know when I first started um, this, I was getting into stuff and reading studies. And then after a while, it's like, you can, you can go down the rabbit hole as, as far as you want. The reality is, is what I like to do now is like first-person experience, like trying things on myself and seeing if they work. And if they produce results, then... You know and then it may it work for you I know everybody has different systems and not it's not one-size-fits-all but generally um, just eating more plants people get healthier
1: yeah there's no doubt you know that's always how do you get somebody towards a plant-based diet you know and in my clinic it starts with education. I mean, they're pre-selected. People that come to see me, many are already plant-based to some degree. It's always interesting when they say, well, I'm vegan. And then when I ask them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, shrimp and fish and little bacon shows up, you know, it's it's plant strong. It's not totally <laughs> vegan. Everybody's got that little interesting twist of a definition. Um but I start with education, and it's the simplest way. Is I have them watch Forks Over Knives, What the Health, and the Game Changers at home. Yep. And I really tell them very forcefully. I write it on a prescription pad. You know, this is just like taking medication. You have to do this when you come back. You know, and simple ask. You know, give up dairy for a couple weeks. Of course, there are sick people that will jump into this quicker. There are animal rights motivated people that will jump into this quicker. Well, you know, you, you've heard it and i heard it, all the excuses in the world uh, why they don't. So for two weeks, you know, buy hemp milk, buy oat milk, buy, uh, you know, a coconut uh, yogurt instead of dairy. Everything's available. You know, try a bean burger instead of a beef burger uh, and maybe you know, drink a green juice a day, eat an extra apple a day. I don't have exorbitant demands at the beginning. I know people that start out with a big giant green juice, like you probably do with your Hippocrates, or even a big giant green smoothie, which is right. frankly a little easier than juicing. You know, some of them feel so, man, their their skin's clearing up and their stomach's settled and their gas is settled. Mm-hmm. You know, they got nutrients in their body. They got, you know, fiber and they got magnesium and they've got, Uh, sulforaphane and, you know, beta carotene and all the beautiful colors and all the fancy words we can throw out. But their body hasn't seen this stuff for months or years. And that's what fuels our aging process for better or worse, our disease process for better or worse. Yeah, nutrient-rich food from plants. There's nothing like it. And again, Hippocrates, Brian Clements and all, uh, nobody hits a home run on, you know, living nutrient-rich food better than they teach.
0: Yeah, they got they got that down. What I like about your approach is like cuz our society especially back in the 60s, 50s and 60s, doctors were like exalted to like godlike status and if you had a white coat on which you do now and a stethoscope, you know, it was like people would march in and the doctor says do this and they're like yes doctor. I mean, it's just like this And and they've known the doctor like five minutes, right? And then they tell them to do this or do that. You have to get into surgery now, we gotta get you on chemo or whatever. And what you're doing is like, you're actually writing a prescription out to do something. This is what I teach my clients too, is like, especially if they want to learn and they're new, or they wanna get a family member involved, don't try to be the expert because you're new into this. They're gonna shred you and you're gonna make it. So just, everybody likes watching movies. So watch Forks Over Knives, watch Food Inc, watch uh, Game Changers you know, these types of deals, that's a great thing that you're doing. So um, when we get back, um, we're going to take a short break and I want to get into the early warning signs of heart disease so that the people listening can check themselves out and go, oh, I might have that because I realized, um, um, and I'll tell my story when when we come back about how I realized that I had heart disease. So we'll be right back with Dr. Joel Kahn in just a moment.
1: When I wake up in the morning, I ask myself, how am I going to nourish myself today? That's where Green 85 has made that an easy task. Packed full with nutrient-dense quality ingredients, it ensures me that I'm starting my day off right. Green 85.
0: To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Okay, health heroes, it's Tim James again, and we're back with Dr. Joel Kahn, the holistic cardiologist. We um, just got into uh, a lot of really cool stuff of why um, heart disease is the number one killer going back in history, um, and then moving us forward with government food recommendations, and, and you kind of gave us the answer, which is the, you know, eating more plants, a plant-based diet. So what I'd like you to do now, uh, uh, Dr. Kahn, is can you just go through, like, the... the I think there's like five or six um, early warning signs that you recommend where people can say, hey, I've got heart disease. What's an early sign of heart disease that they could check their body, check how they're living their lifestyle right now that would tip them off to why they would want to make a change now before they have to get a stent, before they have to get the bypass surgery?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just to clarify, because it's a great question, you know, there's a variety of different heart diseases from being born with a hole in your heart like I was. But the one we're talking about is clogging your arteries so you could have the number one killer of men and women. Seriously, 2,500 people a day drop dead. They're 39 years old or they're 99 years old having clogged arteries and having a heart attack or stroke or erectile dysfunction or losing a leg or all the manifestations. And there, uh, the problem with all of that is if anybody knows, like, fluid uh, physics, you have a pipe. The pipe's called an artery. It might be a pipe to your heart, a pipe to your groin, a pipe to your brain. It can slowly, slowly, slowly accumulate junk. We call that plaque. We call that atherosclerosis. No symptoms. You can go out and walk. You can go out and do your job. You can have sexual activity. It's only when these arteries are getting pretty darn bad that you might experience shortness of breath. You might experience this terrible pressure called angina pain. You might, before any of that, experience erectile dysfunction because the artery that uh, creates that wonderful event is smaller and more prone to atherosclerosis in many men. But the point of all of that was, you don't want to wait to your Paul Chatlin being more rolled into a you know um, operating room. You want to find that out ten years before, five years before. Anybody listening that either personally has had a heart attack, a stent, a bypass, a father, a brother, a sister, an aunt, an uncle that had that ten years before the disease could have been identified and maybe avoided. So there are some physical exam findings. We mentioned one already: erectile dysfunction. Yep. Could be psychological. Could be testosterone issues. Could be some trauma. People that ride their bike 150 miles a day have some potential for nerve damage. But the single biggest slice of that pie of a very important quality of life problem, uh, 40% of guys at age 40 erectile dysfunction, 50% of guys at age 50 erectile dysfunction, keep going, is vascular blood vessel health. And there's data for now probably 20 years. The most dramatic data comes from around the Mayo Clinic. It's called Olmstead County. If you answered a question 20 years ago on a survey in that county, because Mayo Clinic does a lot of these, I have erectile dysfunction, but I'm healthy, and you look over the years who had a heart attack and stroke, it's almost 50 times the risk of developing heart attacks and strokes if you answered yes to that question. Most other studies, it's not 50 times, that's a crazy statistic, it's three, four, five times. But don't ignore that, go get your cholesterol, your blood sugar, your blood pressure, Uh, more advanced measures ask the question can I get my heart checked I have erectile dysfunction before you go fill the Viagra there are others turning gray in life early. hold on
0: a second hold on a second um this is a big one because this like for you guys out there listening or you ladies when you're thinking about your guy I mean I don't want to just gloss over this because you just said and I've known this 40 percent of men over 40 and 50 percent of men over 50 have ED, they have erectile dysfunction. Yep. They can't perform sexually the way they should be. This right. is a crazy number. Like I'm 47 years old, I couldn't imagine my dick not working.
1: Okay, would, could would you say a little more, you know, straightforward?
0: <laughs> I could. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is these are crazy statistics. If there's like 300 and some million people, 320 million people in the U.S. and half of them are you know, men, we're looking at 80, probably like, probably, I don't know, 50, whatever, 40, 50 million guys that can't perform sexually. This this is not a bad thing. This is a tip off. Okay. It's letting you know, Hey dude, your dick's telling you, I got, you got heart disease. I can't get enough blood in here to do my job. And guess what? I'm not the only vein or artery Your body's full of them. So guess what? The rest of them are jacked up too. So this is a good thing. Like if you, if you, have an, if you have erectile dysfunction, go see Dr. Khan right now or somebody like him and learn about plant-based, start cleaning up your arteries so that you don't have a heart attack because what is it, 25% of the cases, you, you can't go to a plant-based diet. You're dead.
1: Right, exactly. You're You're dead. This is a big
0: yeah. deal. So ladies, if your guys can't get it up and guys, if you can't get it up, you got to do something like right freaking now, like right now, because this is early sign. What he just shared with you could save your life, literally, and your love life. You already
1: gave me a suggestion for one book to write. The next book I want to write is called the L Y D D diet, which is like your Dick diet. Come on guys, eat for that part of your body. Everything will work out. And you know, um, the patients I have that are 45 and have serious erectile dysfunction, it's such a depressing quality of life issue. And, you know, they're, in, they're injecting medicines in themselves to get an erection for a few hours, and they're struggling to find other novel therapies. And, you know, it's, so it's often called the canary in the coal mine, uh, erectile dysfunction. When miners would go into the mines, they would bring a bird in a cage If the bird stopped singing, they knew there was carbon monoxide poisoning the bird before it poisoned them. Early warning system, get the heck out of the mind. Erectile dysfunction is an early warning system. Premature graying of your hair. Canary in your pants. Canary in your pants. (laughs) Losing hair at the top of your head early in life. These are statistical relationships. There's a real cool one, men and women, and the graying of hair and the lost hair is men and women. You can develop a little crease in your earlobe, which is why I'm pointing to my earlobe. It's called a diagonal earlobe crease. And when this podcast is finished, go uh, look up on the Internet Steven Spielberg's earlobes. Real deep earlobe crease. Or just look up that, diagonal earlobe crease. You'll see exa- examples. A internal medicine doctor in New York City 50 years ago reported, I think I've seen this strange... Finding that when my patients have heart disease, I see something on their ear that I don't see otherwise. He reported it. We forgot about it. It's called Frank Sign, Dr. Frank. Last 10 years, it's actually been verified. It's about 70% accurate. That's not 100%. Right. If you have a deep air lobe crease, don't uh, freak out about it. Just consider it like erectile dysfunction. Go get checked. Use it as an early warning system. The Technical answer to all that we just talked about, and I'd don't want i rather talk about plant diets. Uh, about 25 years ago, you want to ask what is wrong with the medical system. A CT scan of the heart. Let's just take you. Tim, you, you say to me, Doc, you're the heart specialist. How do I know I don't have that other than the fact you don't have erectile dysfunction? How do I know I don't have any of that plaque in my arteries? I feel great. I like to flex. You already told me that. You like to do other things that start with the letter F2. You already told us that. How do I know for sure? So you're not going to go have a catheterization. You know, a woman gets a mammogram, a guy gets a colonoscopy, a woman gets a colonoscopy. What do we do for heart disease? 25 years ago, a CAT scan was developed, mainly at University of California, San Francisco. You're lying on a stretcher. They put you in a tube. You hold your breath for five seconds, and you go home. It is... The simplest test anybody could ever do. No needle, no injection, no iodine, no contrast. It's called a coronary artery calcium scan uh, or a heart CT calcium scan. It's the amount of radiation that a woman gets from a mammogram. It is an x-ray. Take five seconds and it comes back zero. Your arteries are like a youngster. You don't have to worry about that heart attack or that stent in the next five to ten years. It comes back. Your arteries are full of calcium. Calcium is supposed to be in bones and teeth, but injured arteries deposit calcium. CT scans can pick up calcium easier than anything. So this simple test has been available for 25 years. It used to be expensive. Now it's about a $75 CT scan. You might have to have your, this may be the big, it's as easy to convince your primary care doctor to write you a script. Come on, doc. I just want to get that calcium score. Write me a script so I can just call the hospital and schedule it as it is to convince your primary care doc to support plant-based diets. The whole system is messed up. But I do encourage you're 45, you're 50. If you have a strong family history of aunts and uncles and parents having heart disease, you might even wanna do it 42, 43. But it will tell the truth. It will actually tell you if you're aging inside because you're not gonna have any symptoms. It's, yeah, the, uh, it's the scariest part of heart disease. It's just progressing like a badass, and you have no clue, except maybe the male uh, dysfunction right. in the earlobe. So thank you for bringing that all up.
0: So your early warning signs are erectile dysfunction, graying hair, a diagonal crease in the earlobe. Um, what else?
1: Premature balding on top.
0: Okay, premature balding. Got it.
1: Those those are actually the ones that I you know are best described. You know, if your calves are cramping when you're walking, you might have clogged arteries in your legs. That's not much of an early warning sign. That's pretty advanced disease. But you know, if you went walking or running and you have to sit on the park bench for two minutes to let your legs stop cramping, um, and it's not due to being dehydrated or something like that. But that's already a pretty advanced finding, and that's almost exclusively in smokers. And I'm sure your audience is way too smart to smoke. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's hope so. And if they are smoking, um, I actually have a stop smoking protocol that we, we share in our private group coaching platform, so we could help them with that. Excellent. Um, okay, so what about weight? Uh, being overweight or obese, is that, could that be, I mean, isn't that an early warning sign too?
1: It is a weaker risk factor, you know, the famous Framingham Heart Study in the early 1960s said, and this is different than looking for gray hair, that you may be more risk of a future heart attack if you smoke, if you have a high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, or mom, dad, brother, sister with an early heart event like a heart attack or heart death, the big five. So obesity is there. But it's felt to be mainly that people that are significantly overweight run higher blood pressure. People that are significantly overweight tend to have pre-diabetes, insulin resistance, or full-blown diabetes. So it just still factors back to uh, like the big five. It is a real deal. Um, that, uh, and the CT scan works for people that are overweight as well as people that are normal weight. So it's a great thing to consider doing for your own health. Awesome, awesome.
0: Okay. So what would you say are like your top three health hacks or tips that you would recommend to the listeners to, to reverse and prevent heart disease?
1: Sure. Um, maybe in an unusual manner, I actually put sleep health in my clinic, very high on the list. Good. One, it's become a huge problem and it's partly iPads and cell phones and Uh, Maybe it's 4G and 5G. We can go off on that. You know, nobody knows for sure, but there are people that are sensitive to uh, that kind of electricity, but people sleep poorly. And obviously with the pandemic and politics and racial conflict, people are sleeping really poorly uh, for sure. And people that sleep poorly, they don't eat well. People that sleep poorly don't go to the gym or work out in their basement like they would if they were rested. And I may have to go through, and I'm sure you do the same thing in your coaching, you know, 10 different hacks to get their sleep better. Exactly. I go through that. That's number one. Number two is obviously uh, to reverse heart disease. We're talking about, so reversing heart disease. I'm a ho-hum. It's such amazing. It's such a miracle that we can, you know, you play the record forward, but if you play it backward, Paul McCartney's dead, and you get rid of heart disease. Stop smoking. Start being active and stop eating processed food rich in chemicals and hormones and antibiotics and salts and oils and um, and uh, animal products that have their own list of reasons that they promote atherosclerosis. Maybe I'll shout out in a minute two or three brand new you know, theories and why animal products promote heart disease. But yes, you can reverse heart disease. As Dr. Greger says, stop knocking your shin against the table and you'll finally heal up that chiner. Stop, you know, inflaming your arteries with, you know, horrible lifestyle and crappy food, and you might just heal those lesions. So if somebody's got real serious heart disease, I'm going to give them the full, the full Esselstyn. Although I'm also a very big fan of Dr. Ornish's work. I mean, we're talking... Colorful, whole food, plant-based, multiple servings of steamed greens during the day. That's the only group I advise to avoid oils, but I'm an oil snob. I'm an oil snob. So, I mean, those people know oil. And if you are using oils, don't buy poor quality industrial processed oil, which is what you're gonna get in a restaurant. So, restaurants are very challenging as a health option. Portland has some really good ones. They're not all healthy, uh, of course. Uh, but they're tasty. Um, And I'm going to, you know, it's got to be fitness. Could be a, just so people know this, the research done by the Pritikin organization, Nathan Pritikin, an engineer, and now a center in uh, Miami called the Pritikin Longevity Center. Their data, their actual scientific data on reversing heart disease was so robust that 10 years ago, Medicare approved, you're a heart patient, maybe you've had a stent, maybe you're having angina. We'll pay for you to learn how to eat plant-based. We'll pay for you to learn how to walk and, and do fitness. That's called a Pritikin Intensive Cardiac Rehab Program. There's maybe 50 of them around the country, usually at hospitals. Ornish's data, some skeptics say, oh, Dr. Ornish only had 48 patients. How can you make a whole lifestyle out of that? Well, he expanded his database dramatically beyond that. And similarly in 2010, Medicare approved, full payment. You're a heart patient. We'll teach you how to meditate with Dr. Ornish. We'll teach you how to do yoga with Dr. Ornish and how to make plant-based foods with Dr. Ornish. It's called Ornish intensive cardiac. So I'm going to give them that whole approach, whether they can find a center and use their insurance to attend, or you can do it on your own to some degree. You know, uh, there's many Pritikin center books and Ornish books. So it's going to be, you know, the sleep, food, and fitness. And I you gotta always throw in a fourth one, stress management. You have to have something. It can be prayer. It can be music. It can be nature. It can be meditation apps. It can be take a TM course. um, It can be, um, you know, socialization and uh, community. But you have to have a stress management. You can't let the pressure cooker build up and blow it off because that type A behavior, as it was started to be called in the 60s and 70s, is what can trigger that heart attack, can trigger that artery going like a volcano uh crazy
0: yeah have you ever read uh uh the power of now by Eckhart Tolle?
1: yeah yeah good guy
0: you remember when he he was talking about like like you know living in the now and being right. present and when you're when you're there there's no drama there's no stress it's all gone and he said he animals are always like the best at living in the now and being uh. present and he was watching, I don't know if you remember, he was talking about those ducks going by, and they're kind of doing their thing, and they're all beautiful. And then all of a sudden, the duck got in the area of the other duck, and, like, wang, 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 and they get in a little squabble, and then they kind of go their separate ways. And all of a sudden, he says that you'll see them like flap their wings really quick, and then they boom. And then it's back to like tranquil, like nothing ever happened. And he said it was really interesting. He thinks that, because when they had that interaction, then they went away, and then they flap their wings to get rid of that negative energy, just dissipate it. And then settle back into their life. So, that is a practice that the ducks do. So, I guess we could teach people to flap their wings. I don't know.
1: i it. It's kind of therapeutic. I like it.
0: Yeah. Start doing this. Actually, it probably would work because it's actually going to move your lymphatic system a little bit. So, you know, going for a walk, what we're we're getting at here is he's talking about fitness is movement where it's just go for a walk, get outside. I mean, it's the number one stress reliever, but get on a, um, uh, a rebounder and bounce a little bit, you know, just some easy little things that can work meditation and prayer. These are all good stress management tools. So, all right. So I asked for three and you gave me four. I knew you were a higher achiever. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Hey, we're, we're going to take another quick break. Okay. Uh, and then when we get back, we'll get wrapped up. And I, I want, I got some other questions for you on some cool stuff. I see you're doing out in the public, which is really neat. So we'll take another quick break and we'll be right back with Dr. Joel Kahn. Okay, health heroes, we're back again with Dr. Joel Kahn, the holistic cardiologist. Graduated first in his class at the University of Michigan. You are a ready? great learner. <laughs> and, um, man, we're, we're just getting into some really cool stuff. He's giving you some really good hacks, kind of pointing out some problems. Before I get into some of your, um, uh, some other cool things that I saw that you're doing out there in the world and helping people, I wanted to talk to you about insurance and this insurance game, because so many people I see, Now you were talking about it where Dr. Dean Ornish has got a program and actually insurance is starting to cover it. And Mike, this is so amazing to me that this stuff is happening because I just never thought it was gonna happen. But people are just keep pushing and pushing and pushing because people are, are just wanting this. Like you said, you opened up your... Um, you were a plant-based nutrition support group, and you thought maybe ten or twenty people are going to show up, and there was like 140 people show up, and it's just growing now. There's seven thousand members, and growing. People want the information. Doctors are now that are enlightened are wanting to help people, and um, I mean, it's just it's just really awesome. But the problem is, is that even though teaching somebody to eat more plants and to exercise and how to move their bodies and basically get plugged back into nature and detox their body there's no money in that for the most part. I mean, there could be a little bit, but it's very inexpensive to heal people compared to, you know, like a bypass surgery, which is like what, 50,000 bucks on average. So we, do like, we do a million of those a year in the United States. So we're talking $50 billion. That money could be rerouted to, you know, what does it take? Seven grand to teach somebody a lifestyle over a year, you know, yeah, something like that. So um, what people are, there's, they're caught because they're like, well, my insurance doesn't pay for it. You know how many times I hear that Yeah. My, I have to go with it because my insurance pays for it, or I can't do that because my insurance doesn't pay for it. What's going on with these insurance companies?
1: You know, people, I think part of the problem, I'm not going to put myself out there as an absolute guru in the area, but you know, people are changing jobs and shifting much more than they used to. And an insurance company doesn't necessarily predict that we're gonna have this covered life for the next 20 years. If they had that perspective, you know, they would want to institute meaningful and wraparound lifestyle and preventive programs. You know, some businesses do take that seriously, have corporate wellness programs that seem to take this seriously. And sometimes that is the only place, a good corporate wellness program, where somebody may learn stress management, fitness, and nutrition principles. Unfortunately, sometimes it's more paleo keto than uh, the science would support. But at least the concept of what you eat impacts your health is being brought up. But um, you know, it's uh, uh, it's it's a system. I don't know the answer to. You got lobbyists. There was a whole uproar about uh, the the governor in New York. I don't want to get too political, and the fact that the head lobbyist for the hospital associations of New York, a man that makes nine million dollars a year as a political action lobbyist is very close friends of the governor of new york and it's influenced some of the decisions just as one example of it's a deep network i mean you've them a hospital is geared and hospitals are powerful in my county biggest uh, employers by far are the hospital systems that's true in most cities so you're talking about disrupting a system that is so big and massive and challenging Um, it literally is going to take a you know an uproar. We're seeing the uproar right now in terms of a reappraisal and a, a more uh, balanced approach to racial issues. I mean, we almost need that kind of you know, grassroots revolt. That you know this crazy system. We wait till you're almost dead. We rush in with uh, expensive, dangerous, and sometimes lethal procedures. And we could have been upstream 10, 15 years ago teaching kids and teenagers and college students and, and, and in the workplace. It's, it's a big challenge. So it's happening the way it's happening by heroes like you and heroes in your audience and a growing number of plant based doctors and lifestyle doctors and a few enlightened corporations. But it's not like it's a, a rapid fire because it really gets into the pocketbook of so many individuals. And, you know, you'd you'd have to literally redesign a hospital to make it 50% a wellness center and leave the rest for acute care. That's what this ischemia study says we should be doing. Mm-hmm. That's what the Medicare approval uh, of Ornish and Pritikin says 10 years ago, we should have seen done. But in my state of Michigan, as an example, very common, there's one Pritikin center program at a hospital and one Ornish center. And we've got, you know, probably in excess of a hundred hospitals. So, um, it's, it's very frustrating trying to convince the people in power to, uh, you know, be progressive and proactive. And there are some great ones. Dr. Robert Osfeld at Montefiore in New York and Lee Memorial Hospital in the Sarasota area. There are some really good programs. St. Joseph Mercy Hospital in Ann Arbor up the road from me, but they are far and few between.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you touched on it earlier. It's like most of the doctors themselves aren't, they're not healthy they don't understand the lifestyle and correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm right on this, but when you go to medical school, they're not teaching you about growing sprouts or nutrition. They're like, Oh, that's for the dietitians and nutritionists. I mean, how much nutrition education did you get in medical school? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, you know, it's no different than when I went through, which is as close to zero as it is with a few shining exam uh, examples. Sometimes now there's like, it's not in the curriculum. The problem is just to understand to become a doctor, you have to pass certification tests, you have to pass your board tests. If there were a lot of nutrition questions on the board, there would be a lot of nutrition training in school. They're not on the board, so they're not going to design a education program in medical school that dedicates a significant amount of time. The kids are smart enough, they'll have lunch groups dedicated to nutrition and lifestyle and evening groups, and I show up and talk at those a lot. And you know, uh, it's always very hopeful to see that, but until it's you know unified in the center of their curriculum, uh, it's going to move at a snail's pace.
0: Yeah, and good for those young doctors doing this. Yeah, for people like you leading the way. Again, you know, you're in your early 60s and you look great. You know, I also oh. I just interviewed Dr. Billy Demos. He's about the same age as you, yeah. and um, he looks fantastic too. So, proof's yeah. in the pudding. It's about the it's about you know real world results. And I can tell you like, um, my dad years ago went in for a surgery and my mom was like talking to the surgeon. She's like, well, what should my, cause I said, ask him, ask him, like, what what should my husband do for, for nutrition to kind of get prepared for the uh, surgery? And he's like, well, um, you know, um, uh, you know, make sure you eat a lot of protein and, um, yeah. um, and, uh, take a multivitamin. Yep, yeah, that's it. Take, take a multivitamin. And my mom's like, like Centrum, he's like, Yeah, Centrum, that'd be a good one. Um, yeah. I should probably do that myself. Okay, I gotta go. I and mean, boom, he's out of there. Right? So I'm just sitting there going, Oh my God. I mean, this guy has no clue. He's gonna have a heart attack, he's gonna
1: get cancer. Oh, that's a concern. Hey, that's you let us gonna gonna in happen. the other segment, you were gonna share your heart history. Hmm. No, hopefully you don't oh, have. Yeah, it.
0: I was going to share that story. So we were talking about um, heart disease, right? We were yeah. talking about heart disease. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that. So when I went to Hippocrates Health Institute with Charles, my buddy that had cancer, um, you know, we we it was all green juices and water and living foods like sprouts, everything sprouted. So there was no meat, dairy, salt, sugar, any of that stuff. Nothing cooked. Over 115 degrees, all dehydrated stuff to keep the enzymes intact, right? So I went through this healing crisis, you know, night sweats, irritable. And then after four days on this, I woke up on the fifth day and I was just like rock star. I felt 19 again, energy surging through me. Charles felt amazing. I said, dude, you're going to beat cancer. I'm like, everybody around, there's so many people around here beating cancers and yours seems to be a mild cancer compared to what everybody else has. So I'm like, you're going to do it. I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to give up everything except for bacon. I was going to keep that and eat all plants. know because i love bacon i was like i was thinking bacon avocado and tomato sandwiches that's going to be delicious and i already was i planned it all in my head i'm like yeah i can live on bacon i can do this and um, then i picked up the china study book in the little store there they had and i read it on the way back and there was a chapter in there where they talked about the uh, 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 army and the military veterans that were come back that were killed in their early 20s there was like yeah, two or three hundred autopsy, of them. They, and the
1: autopsies yeah right. they
0: dissected their hearts and like 70 it was like 76.4 percent of them had severe onset of heart disease already in their 20s and i'm at this point in my life i'm 37 years old and i can guarantee you nobody ate more meat than me like nobody because i was hunting and fishing like i, I tease you know our motto was if it flies it dies if it's brown it's down i mean we were i mean <laughs> On the way to school, my buddy, Mike McKenna, he'd pick me up. I'd hop in his truck and we'd zoom over to his uh, barn to feed his horses. And every day I would take my shotgun out and open the gate and then run up to the barn. And then he would come up with the rig. He'd wait a little bit. He'd always push it a little bit to make me stress out. And then the pigeons would fly out of the barn. I'd shoot pigeons every morning. And, <laughs> and like, and like one, one morning I'm running up there and he's like, because if he came up too quick, he'd, he'd scare the pigeons out and I wouldn't get a shot. So he's always pushing me and make me run hard. And one day I heard this, oh, oh, and I looked over to the right and there was a rooster, a pheasant that got up out of the field right next to me. And, and he's flying. I was like, shit, a rooster. Boom. I dropped the rooster. The um, pigeons flew out. I didn't get any shots of them because they were too far away. And then, you know, we zip back over to my mom's house because his parents are gone. They're both working. My dad was gone. But my mom was home and we come down the driveway and my mom sees us. She's got an eye on us, like a hawk the whole time until we're completely down the road. And she's like, "What's up?" And I threw the pheasant out the window. And I'm like, "Hey, can you clean that? We got to get to school." She's like, "Get back here and clean this damn bird." And I'm like, "I can't, mom. I'm going to be late." Right. So just to give you an idea about how much meat I ate, okay, I kept five freezers full of meat: elk, deer, chuckers, pheasant. I mean, everything. I was hunting for everybody. Uh, I might have had my buddy's sister get some tags, and I might have filled those. I I can't speculate on that anymore. But we were always hunting. We were always filling tags and doing that kind of stuff. So. When I read that study, I was like, oh shit, I've got heart disease. I mean, I knew it. I felt it through my whole system because if these young soldiers back in the 50s already had it, I knew I had it because, I mean, growing up in Eastern Oregon LeGrand was like growing up in the 50s anyway, so it was a little repressed. But anyway, so that was my story on heart disease. And that's when I said, screw it, I'm not going to eat the bacon anyway. And I went full plant-based for – I was – completely plant-based solid and growing 70 to 80% of my food for eight and a half years. And, um, and then, um, I, have had a couple of things of meat cause I've, I've re- I've realized that, um, I believe that if you look at like the tooth samples, I can't remember what, maybe you can remind me on this, but the tooth samples, um, were this, there's this, um, uh, uh, this, this, this university and this professor and they had this new microscope and they could tell that we ate mostly plants and then right. in dry seasons, we had, um, you remember that guy's name? They were eating.
1: The guy named Weston Price? No, no. He was no. a dentist that studied mouth patterns and food. No, I,
0: I'm familiar uh, with him, but this is a different dude. Well, anyway, so he was like, in dry seasons, it correlated because the teeth had more pitting, so we eat more nuts and seeds. But humanoids, we, we would eat a little bit of protein from time to time. The reason I choose not to eat animals today is, um, number one, I just don't like killing anything anymore. Um, number two, the bioaccumulation of toxins, chemicals, you know, pesticides, all that stuff accumulates, um, even in deer and elk and chuckers because farmers are spraying stuff and there's this thing called wind and it takes it all over the place. Right. So I, 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 but I, I, if somebody comes up to me and says, look, I caught this salmon and I smoked it myself, I might have a piece of it. So I'm like 99. I just don't freak out about it anymore because emotionally it wasn't good for me to be this freaking super crazy dude because I do everything 100% and now I've, I chill out a little bit and I'm, I'm just trying to meet people where they're at and you know but anyway I don't know where I'm going on this but
1: cool. thanks for sharing
0: yeah so anyway that was my heart disease story it went from bacon to no bacon and pretty much plant-based and, and now I'm like 99.89% plant-based and I'm very happy to do it and and you know If you ever run over a squirrel and smoke it and you want me to have a piece, I'll probably take a bite.
1: Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'll keep your cell just in case that happens.
0: But but I'd rather have sprout salad.
1: I'm actually most proud. If I have a fly in the house, I've gotten a pretty good ability to snap it with a towel and just stun it. And I actually carry it outside and let it fly away. So I'm, I'm, I'm not crazy, but I do share with you the idea of killing things for I don't do it anymore. I
0: don't do it. I just yeah. let a spider out yesterday. He was crawling across my desk and it took me like, I'm in the middle of busy doing stuff and I'm like trying to catch this spider, not yeah. get bit, and open the door, get him out the door, and get him back out where he needs to. There you
1: go. Yeah, well. Anyway,
0: so, um, well, let's switch gears here. So um, I wanted to, you to tell me like the most impactful story of somebody that you've helped to help themselves. Which, which story, like, really resonates with you?
1: Well, I mean, the Paul Chadlin story, I mean, although he was a self-starter, that's what people that are backed in a corner, that's the power of what you do, what I do. But in a medical mold, I'm talking to people that have had heart disease 5, 10, 15 years, bypass surgery in 1997. Not one doctor has ever mentioned the word diet, reversible, self-care, empowerment and you know there's just some people all you got to do is give them a little push Mm -hmm. and they become so good at what they do i can't actually claim uh uh input on this but there's a very famous um gentleman in detroit does a little bit of what you do and he has a full-time job but also does a lot of uh, education and nutrition he was a famous university of michigan tackle Uh, he was big 300 pound beast, 1990 to 1994, I think were his years. Um, I didn't know him back then, Wolverine. But he was Latino and you can't keep up five hours a day in the gym. You got to graduate, you got to get a job, you get a family, you get kids. So in his early 30s, he was like a lot of athletes. He was a big, mushy human. And soon thereafter, was told you have type two diabetes and you have high blood pressure and your cholesterol. And erectile dysfunction began to set in well before age 40. Um, And he had a very wicked family history of diabetes complications like Mm. loss of legs, dialysis, you know, so the word diabetes to him just scared the crap out of him. And it took till he was in his early forties when his in-laws finally said, you know, we watched this documentary called forks over knives and we heard that there's a book out there called Dr. Barnard's program for reversing diabetes. And like in one night, Light bulbs went on, and Mark Ramirez is his name, Mark Ramirez, chickpeaandbean.com. You know, light bulbs went off, like everything I always hoped for, that there might be some way to climb out of this trap I'm in of medication and illness and, you know, strange diets that the endocrinologists were giving him. Um, And within 90 days, he was off. He was on a lot of medication. He was off every medication appropriately with medical care. And his blood sugar improved and his cholesterol improved and his weight improved. And Mark's about 52 years old now. So this was, you know, seven, eight years ago. I think he's been on this path. It looks like like he's back in college as a beast of a guy, muscle and lean and energetic. He's just so passionate about teaching others. One DVD is all it took to unlock in his brain hope, potential, self-empowerment, action steps. And then if people don't want to do it, you get frustrated, but you're not going to beat them up. Maybe they'll reconsider. And if they're on fire and want to do it, that's when we want to jump in and provide all the information. So, yeah, yeah Mark Ramirez, Paul we got you know, uh, thank goodness. with That's a great story. Platforms like forks over knives. Uh, one of the newer ones, again, it's not mine, but there is now increasing data that serious kidney disease like you're on dialysis or you're being told you're approaching dialysis, may respond real well to immersing yourself in plant-based diets. There's a Facebook users group called Natural Kidney Journey, and you have to apply to get in, and it's a real deal. They are helping people transform their diet and uh, see their kidney filtration numbers improve and improve. Don Davis is the name of the guy that heads that up. (sighs) Man, there's a lot
0: of dialysis clinics popping up. I see those all the time.
1: And you know, again, who wouldn't want hope that they might not get on that machine or get off that machine? And is it worth a try by changing your diet? What's the harm there? It's darn worth a try.
0: I just met a young man uh, not too long ago very promising young actor in movies and music videos, dating some big name people, like some singers and stuff that you would know and people listening would know, and then ended up getting into drugs and was taking like 75 Vicodin a day or some crazy number living on the streets and um, his kidneys were failing and he got into plant-based lifestyle and did all this research on his own, moved back in with his uh, mom, dad, and then um, got himself, off of dialysis, which I didn't even think that was possible. Yeah. Blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute, you you, yeah. you were on dialysis and you got off of it. I didn't think that was even possible. Yeah.
1: The medical community doesn't really teach that, and they've been very slow to endorse plant-based diets for kidney failure. Although now, what to call the um, National Kidney Foundation does include on their website prominently plant-based diets. So That's make an inroads there.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, before you go, I wanted to talk about um, your restaurant. You have a restaurant that serves fresh organic food grown by local farmers, which is pretty cool. We always uh, promote like buy local. And your son, Daniel, and your wife, Karen, uh, you guys put that whole restaurant together. It's called Green Space Cafe in Ferndale, Michigan. Can you tell us the story behind that?
1: Yeah, actually, there's a little iteration there. It's actually, it's not your fault. It's transformed to something called Green Space and Go and. Okay. It's in a neighboring greenspace and go.com greenspace and go but um, my son has a business degree he's plant-based I've been plant-based I like to be entrepreneurial so why not just pick the hardest business in the world food preparation, food sales and about five years ago we found an appropriate spot and opened greenspace and go and um, it's been you know an incredible journey I'm not going to tell you it's easy I mean in the pandemic didn't make anybody's restaurant business yeah. easy we uh, we are largely a carry out and delivery based restaurant but people were really uh, you know limiting their purchases even in terms of that kind of thing but you're right to walk in and see beets and quinoa and um, brown rice and broccoli and turmeric and smoothies made of incredible high quality and I'd have an ashwagandha smoothie with hemp parts. I mean, it's the right thing. We're still competing because you can't do it for a $1.99 like McDonald's can do a happy meal. You know, you have to try and be cautious on the cost because uh, you have to be price sensitive. It's not Santa Monica, California, but it's been a wonderful passion project. Um, very hard and just being honest to make a dollar at the end of the day. But we're still there and kicking, and I'm looking. We had a pretty good sales day so far today, uh, having now reopened since all this issue came up. But
0: that's awesome. Um, that's pretty yeah. cool. You get to work with your son too.
1: Yeah, he's uh, and wife, and that's been very wonderful part of it all.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So is that pretty close to your home then?
1: Um, ten miles, not bad. Oh. Yeah, ten miles. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd be going there to eat every day. You betcha. Uh, Well, next time you're in the Detroit area, we bring in for PBNSG. We'll provide you some delicious food.
0: That sounds like a winner, man. I'll take you up on that. I'm going to be doing some traveling. I just moved my, uh, I'm in the process of moving my fulfillment center to Iowa, actually. So it's in the middle of the state or the middle of the United States, um, which is actually about 30 minutes away from um, one of my private coaching clients, Pat Miletic. He's a um, UFC world champion. Uh, He's a, Um, hall of famer pretty cool dude and um he's been a big proponent of our products and um um, we've been able to help a lot of his friends and family and stuff out so he actually has a uh a podcast called the conspiracy farm Hmm. and their thing is we don't create the conspiracies we just add a little water (laughs) (laughs) and and pat's got he's got because of his he he was he was um you know he's a badass fighter right so he actually trains a lot of mili- high level military people, combat and, and and law enforcement combat. So he's got all these ends with all these people in the military where they give him all this inf- inside information and he's like saying stuff and then people think he's crazy and then it comes true. It comes true. It comes true. It comes yeah. true over and over and over and over again. And it's um, like that up. Yeah, there's a the conspiracy for him. These guys are awesome. Jeffrey Wilson's his co-host, Pat militich So Pat was actually on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. It was like a three-hour podcast.
1: Well, you know, I was on four hours. Yeah. (laughs) That was Uh, as long as the
0: Alex Jones one.
1: Number 1175, if anybody wants. It was all about plant-based nutrition with Joe Rogan, 1175. Cool. But you have to have some real staying power because it was four hours. Yeah. Well, you had your green smoothie, right? uh he he has a refrigerator full of very healthy food i bet he does he's he's no dummy
0: well cool man Well, was there how about this how about we wrap up with you just giving some words of advice for you know the person out there that's uh you know maybe struggling with their health maybe they want to lose some weight Uh, they're concerned now after hearing uh these warning signs and all we talked about heart disease maybe they're concerned about heart disease they don't want to get heart disease How can you help these people out to um, improve their house? What what would you say?
1: So, you know, I kind of teach a plants plus approach. I mean, I have no doubt your base should be good sleep we talked about and a whole food, brightly colored, fiber-rich plant diet, 99.8%, 100%, 98%. I'll give you a little wiggle room. I choose not to do that, but uh, get some fitness, manage stress. But if it's not working for you, you know, that's the power of this plant-based support group that we have. You're not alone. Not everybody on a plant diet gets to the ideal weight, gets ideal cholesterol. You need somebody to work with you that can do advanced testing. My approach isn't just, here's an instant pot. You know, I'm cutting edge lab work and cutting edge blood vessel imaging. And let's try and nail down, drive down why it's not working for you. I, uh, I tend to believe that everybody benefits from a whole food plant diet. I don't believe there's that much variability that some people just shouldn't do it, and some people should be on meat. I think, you know, it might be a nutrient deficiency, and we can work that up. Um, so, you know, that's what I do, these deep dyes. Uh, I, I call it high-tech, high-touch, high-fiber. I want you to eat high-fiber. I'm always going to be, you know, loving, caring, and supportive as a coach, just as you are. I use a lot of high tech. I want to know what your calcium score is in your heart and I want to know what your your mineral levels are from chromium to iodine to the simple ones like vitamin D and omega-3. Maybe we just got to tweak a few things and you'll get what you want out of it, but don't give up. The diet is the best foundation you can adopt, the diet that you're teaching. Some of it may be raw and some of it may be juiced, but there's a little room for, you know, what works for you, but don't give up on that. That's going to work for you no matter what. just may have to figure out why it isn't, you know, a bullseye right from the start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Food is medicine. You know, you took the Hippocratic oath, thy will do no harm as a doctor. And a lot of the doctors just weren't taught or didn't know that Hippocrates also said, let thy food be thy medicine. Right. And thy medicine be thy food. It is is part of the foundation to a healthy body and a healthy, a happy life because if you don't have your health, you know, where are you going to live if you don't have you know, if your body's all messed up?
1: A person with good health has a thousand dreams. A person with poor health has only one dream, and that is a philosophy I live by. I want to keep your good health so you can go do great things with your life.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, buddy, um, thanks for coming on today. It's been Met. awesome. Um, how do people contact you?
1: Uh, best place is a website, drjoelkahn.com, but that's dr. J O E L K A H N dot com. I'm always on Twitter at DRJ I'm always on Instagram, D R J So pretty easy to find me out there on social, which I'm very active, you know. Forty posts a day on Twitter all the time.
0: Yeah, I heard. Um, I think I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast where he was like, How are you you're so active.
1: <laughs> That's plants. Plants, they fire you up. And, you know, and it's passion too, when you love what you do like you love what you do. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, All right, guys, we'll check him out again. His website, drjoelkahn.com, D-R-J-O-E-L-K-A-H-N.com. And they can also find you on your podcast there, Heart Doc VIP with Dr. Joel Kahn on Empower Radio. So thanks a lot, man, for coming on. Uh, We'll have to do this again. Um, We'll come up with another fun topic, maybe not, you know, the number one killer, but it's it's an important one. Uh, Let's talk
1: sex for a whole hour.
0: We can do that. Sex, okay. drugs, and rock and roll. That'll be our next episode.
1: <laughs> right. And I, I gotta try green 85. That's what it's called.
0: Yep. Yep. Green uh, 85. Uh, juice uh, we'll get you a can. We, we actually sold out until the end of the month, but um, dude. With you in just a moment, we'll get your data. i yeah. will ship you out some stuff. So again, okay. thank you so much. Thanks. Hey, those of you listening all around the world, we appreciate you for listening. Please subscribe. Please uh, share this thing. Give us some ratings. And, um, hopefully, um, we can get this message out to a lot more people, help them with their health as well. And we hope that you're taking something from this podcast today. If it's just one thing, I know we covered a lot, but take one thing home and implement it and try it out and, and keep, and and, and then just keep working and you're not alone. And now look, you got a support group too. You can look up that PBNSG.org. You got a plant-based support group. You can join that with Dr. Khan. That'd be great. I'm looking forward to being a, um, being a speaker at that deal my friend you got it so that's it for today Uh, and remember change yourself change your world and we will talk to you again really soon thanks for listening again to the health hero show i'm your host tim james and remember change yourself change your world and we'll see you again on the next
1: episode talk to you soon